Let's uh, open our Bibles, John chapter 20, John chapter 20, and yes, we do believe in the Bible and we love the Word of God, and and this this, uh, message today is kind of pretty much about that, Uh, and you'll see why in just a moment. Uh, A little review, last week we looked at... uh, unbelieving Thomas, not really doubting Thomas, unbelieving Thomas, and, and he had this attitude, I, I just won't believe, I will not believe, unless this and this and this and this, and, and really, it, it, it's a heart problem, it's a heart issue. But Thomas wasn't the only one, we saw that, the other disciples, you know, they wouldn't believe when they were told, and you know, Mary Magdalene and the others told them, they still wouldn't believe. But Thomas, in, in uh, the last section we looked at, Thomas, he wasn't there when Jesus came and met the disciples, all of the disciples together. He wasn't there. He kind of missed out. And, and again, we, we don't want to miss out. But Jesus gave Thomas another chance. And he gives us more chances than one. Thank God for that, right? We're going to see uh, in chapter 21, you know, how he reinstates Peter and kind of gives him Another chance, you know, Peter who denied the Lord. But Jesus said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. And he showed them the scars. And I was thinking about this last night too. These scars, they were, they were healed scars. And we're going to have communion today as too. We've got a lot planned today. Uh, we're going to have communion and, uh, you know, the scars were... were you know, by his stripes, by his wounds, we are healed. It's not like, and I've, I've seen, you know, sometimes you look for images to, you know, for me to use, and, and you see these, you know, pictures and the scars of Jesus are all like running red and everything. But, you know, that's true when it happened. But, but after the resurrection, there's a healing that took place, I believe. But the scars were still there. And he told Thomas, Be not faithless. Don't be unbelieving, but believe. And it's a challenge for you and I to trust him, to believe in him, because he is risen. He is alive. And what was Thomas's response? Anybody remember? My Lord and my God. Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And so... Today we're going to pick it up in uh, chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Uh, Don't press that button, press this one. So if you want to look there, uh, chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, this is pretty much the first closing of the gospel. You know how the message, the pastor, he says, okay, so um, in closing, and then he goes on for another 15 minutes and says it again, in closing. So this is kind of the first closing of the gospel of John. And then he goes on for another whole chapter. And some people say, well, that's the prologue. No, not prologue, the epilogue, right? But this is really the purpose why John wrote this gospel. And that's a, such an important point. Verse 30, it says, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. John's writing this. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is why he he wrote this book. The purpose, 
Number one, really, what, what is it all about? Number one, really, is, is Jesus, isn't it? That's what he said in verse 30. He said, Jesus did. It's all about Jesus. It always is, and as far as the human race, it all gets back to Jesus. Who is Jesus? What did he do? And what is your relationship with him? That's really where it all gets to that. The Savior who died for us, who rose from the dead. And that's why this gospel was written. That's, that, that's the purpose of it, that you and I would read and that we would believe. He shared these things so that we would believe. It's a good thing. That's why I, many times people hand out the gospel of John. You give it to somebody that is not a believer and say, would you read this? Because that's, what, that's why John wrote these words, so that we would read them and that we would put our trust, our faith in Jesus Christ. Of course, that doesn't mean that we as believers, we don't read it because it's only for unbelievers, because it is for all. And it, it's, it really serves to strengthen our faith and, and, and who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ as well. But somebody wrote this as well. John's gospel is not merely an intellectual exercise, but rather a, or an historical narrative about the Son of God with the express and intent purpose of producing life in the heart's of those who believe in him. You see, there was a whole purpose that, that this came about, is that that life, we would have life, that we would believe, and that we would have life. Notice, he said there in uh, verse 29, that Jesus, this one that we're talking about, that we're looking to, that we put our faith in, he did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples. That word many, uh, really, it means large of multitude it was like so many things that he did and and you know there are people who don't believe in any kind of miraculous and this is a problem and and and, and to deny or to rationalize uh the things that jesus is written about him that he said and that he did but in john chapter 2 at, after the first miracle it says this at the wedding at Cana, it says, Jesus performed this miraculous sign in Cana of Galilee, and he thus revealed what? His glory, and his disciples put their faith in him. So you see, Jesus did these things. John, is, John was there, he saw these things, and he said Jesus revealed what? His glory. He revealed his glory, and not only that, it says there that they put their faith in him. Why? Because of who he was. Because of who he was. At least in the Gospels, at least, and this is a conservative number for sure, at least 35 miracles are, are, are spoken about that Jesus literally did in, the, in all the Gospels. In the Gospel of John, it's like seven plus the resurrection. But he says here that many others also occurred that weren't written in the book, that weren't, that, there wasn't enough room. In fact, at the end in chapter 21, look at verse 25, if you have your Bible there open in front of you, it says, Jesus did many other things as well. And if every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Now that is incredible. 
That is incredible because Jesus did so many things just in those days, those three years where, where he was with his disciples, but did he stop doing things then? You see, it's never stopped. Jesus is still working today. He's working in my life. He's working in your life if you're a follower of Jesus. Many others which are not recorded. That's why if they had to write them in books, there wouldn't be enough room for all the books. All the things that he has done. You know, uh, you know this, but I love to read and I read... I read a lot of different stuff. I read commentaries. I read the Bible. Number one, the, the Scripture is number one, of course. But I, I read so many other things. I read, you know, uh, hor- books about horses. I, I read, you know, Amish books about the Amish people and that kind of stuff. And I, I read kids' books. I read adults' books. But I'm reading this book right now, and it's called The Seven Wonders of Sassafras Springs. The Seven Wonders of Sassafras Springs. And why do I bring that up? I bring it up because the book is really about this kid, right? And, and he was reading about the seven wonders of the world, you know, the seven wonders of the ancient world. And he thought, oh, if I could only go to those places, if I could only get there and see those things. And, and, but his dad says to him, guess, he says to him, you know what, uh, son, it, it, if you, well, let me, let me just read what he said, because it, I don't want to misquote. He says here, the dad asks him, does that book tell what a wonder really is? And I thumb through the pages back to the introduction. Here it is. He says, it's a marvel. That which arouses awe, astonishment, surprise, or admiration. I think that's a pretty good description of a miracle too. And so Paul scratched his cheek with the dull side of his knife. Don't try that. He said, I've seen one or two things to admire around here. Maybe if you put out a little effort, you would too. And he said to him this, and this is what really struck me. He says, I just think there's no use searching the world for wonders when you, can, when you can't see the marvels right under your own nose. You know, the, the things, these miraculous signs that Jesus has done and, and that he is continuing to do is incredible. But, but I, I've been thinking about that and reading this kid's book. And it's, it's not, I think a, a believer wrote it because there's a bunch of scriptural things in there. Um, one of the marvels he found was uh, there were, uh, you know, the locusts were coming and this guy got the saw. You know how you can play a saw? Uh, it's kind of weird, but you can play a saw and make music, and he played uh, Amazing Grace on the saw, and the, the locust went away. <laughs> That's just one of the wonders. It's a fiction, of course. But, but uh, I've been thinking about this. How many things is Jesus doing? The miraculous things, the marvelous things, the incredible things that inspire awe in our daily lives, and we don't even, we're not even paying attention. We don't even know. He said that he said here that these things were done. Why? So that we would believe and trust in Jesus. And the stuff that he's doing in your life today and in my life today, it's so that we would trust him even more. How many of you remember that hymn, Count Your Blessings? You know, it, it, I'm not saying that life isn't hard because life is hard. We all have hard stuff. 
But, but we, we sometimes focus so much on those, we don't realize the, the, the incredible things that Jesus is doing today in my life. Like he told his son, right under your very nose. And he says, if you come up with seven, that's why they call it seven, if you come up with seven, I'm going to buy you a ticket to visit your, your aunt in Colorado. Okay. So he goes out to try to find the seven wonders. How many of us think about these things? What has God done in your life? Maybe the miracle is sitting right next to you today. Maybe the miracle is that, that you're even alive today, that you're here. I know It's a miracle for me, I know that, that I'm actually here. Half of, the, uh, of my siblings are gone, they're dead, they're, they, they've died for one reason or another, and I'm still here, that's a miracle. That's, that puts me in awe. He says in that hymn, though, this guy, Johnson Oatman, Jr., what a name. 1897, he wrote it, it was published. He said, when upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you're discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. You know, I think we need to do that. That doesn't mean, again, that life isn't hard and, and we get some hard things that happen, but, but what, is, what has Jesus already done? You know, I, I have a place I, I can live. I have a car to drive. I have stuff. I have, I have beautiful children. And, and, and uh, Kelly reminded me this morning, I have 10 grandchildren. You know, I'm too young for that. <laughs> but, but that's, you know, th- these are miraculous blessings that I have in my life. These are written, John said. These are written. Jesus did many, many other things, and you and I are part of that. And the stuff that he's still doing, continuing to do today, these things are written, and and there are not enough uh, rolls of paper to write all the things that Jesus has done, that he is doing, that he will do. It's just, there's just no way. But you see, the purpose of that is not that we would focus on those things, but that we would look to Jesus, right? What did did it say in in chapter 2? That it brought him glory. And it brings him glory when we we think about it, and it strengthens our faith that we would believe these are written. This is what he said here in verse 31. These are written that you may believe. These are written down that you may believe. I think sometimes it's good for us to write some of these things down in our own lives. Maybe write them down and put them on the wall so when you, when you start to get discouraged and life's billows and the tempest and all that happen, they remember Jesus is still working. I love that testimony of, of Matt. You know, he's, Jesus is doing a work inside of us. Yeah, there's bumps in the road and there's all kinds of stuff that happens, but Jesus is still working. These things, it says here in the Gospel of John, they were written down. And what a blessing it is now for you and I, right? Some 2,000 years later, that these things were written down, they were recorded, they were saved for you and I to now read so that we can read about what Jesus did and, and what Jesus said. That we... Would believe the written word of God is is absolutely incredible. I said that in the beginning. I love the word of God, and and where would we be without what 
you know, was preserved for us. Where would we be? How could we continue? You know, I, I can't really go a day without, you know, the Lord somehow using his word in my life. I can't, you know, I, and I can't fathom how people can, you know, go for a month at a time and never read the word of God, never you know, listen to anything, never go to a church, never have any kind of input from God's word. I remember, uh, you know, Bill Kinneman talking years and years ago, he went to a church on, I think it was Christmas, and, and you know, they, they, the, the pastor got up and read, you know, "'Twas the night before Christmas." And that's what the message was about. Now, how is that going to help you? How is that going to get you through a tough time in your life? But the Word of God, the Psalms, I love the Psalms. Psalm 37, I've been reading that a lot lately. And, and, and just the stuff that God has in His Word for you and I. These are written that you may believe. They're written for our learning and for our hope. They're, they're written for... Uh, warnings to us. They're written that we would uh, make us wise for salvation, Paul said. And G Jesus, uh, John said this as well. I'm going to jump ahead here. I write these things, John is writing in 1 John, I write these things, he wrote them down to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. You see, there's this assurance that comes from us reading the Scripture. The enemy is saying, you know what? You are a useless piece of dirt. And you are not going to heaven. You don't have eternal life. The enemy is going to do that to you, but how do you know that that's not true? John said, I write these things so that you would know that you have eternal life. The Word of God, the powerful, powerful Word of God. It's God-breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. These are written that you may believe. That's what this is all about. This is this, is this book. Why do, we, why do we study of it? Why, why am I taking like 100 years to go through just the Gospel of John? Because it's so powerful, so it's, it, it, it's so true. It, it, it can incredibly change us. These are written that you may believe, that you may believe, that you're not forced to believe. But, but to believe what? You see, that's an important thing too. It's not, it's not just faith in faith. It's not, I'm just going to believe. Well, I believe. And you see the bumper sticker, you know, believe. Believe what? Believe in who? Faith always has some kind of an object. Faith has... Uh, you know, some kind of content, some kind of truth and faith, uh, you know, always has an effect. This is so true. And, and why do I say that? Because I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in believers uh, all around me through the years. And I'm, I'm coming up to like 45 years being a believer in Jesus Christ. And, and, and I've seen it. I've been around and, 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 and no, faith has an object. You have to believe in something or someone. Now, the, the common thing is that, you know what, you know, what, what do they tell you? Believe in, what does the world tell you? Yourself. yourself. Believe in yourself. How far is that going to get you? About as far as you can go. 
as far as you are right now. Now, it's, it's not wrong to have con- confidence. I get that in, you know, courage, and, and these are good things too. But, but if you're just going to trust in yourself, you know what? The more honest you are with yourself, you're going to realize, well, that is just, that's foolishness. Because the deeper you look inside yourself, the more garbage you can find. How about you put your faith in other people? You put your faith in your stuff. Oh, that's a good idea. I trust in my car. And then it breaks down, and then my world, you know, crashes to the ground. Or you just believe in the goodness of the world around you. Just read the news. What's going to happen? The object of our faith, he's saying, John is telling us here, is that that you believe in Jesus you put your faith in him. That's where, that's where you and I need to put our faith. The truth that he points out to us here is that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Son of God. You believe in Jesus. He's the object of our faith. But, but there's content there. It's just, I, I just believe in Jesus. Well, what about Jesus? John says it, it's important to know what you believe and why you believe it. And, and the Bible strengthens that. The Bible, you know, fills us with the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. What did Peter say? You know, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We, we, we grow in that. Matthew talked about the growing part of that. But Jesus is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He's the anointed one, which is the, what the word Christ means. He's the answer. The, the anointed one who would bring the answer. And, and so John is saying he is the answer. Jesus is the answer. But he's also the Son of God. And when he talks about that, and we've seen it over and over in the Gospel of John, that he is God, the Son. He's the Son of God, but he's, he's divine. He is deity. He is God. Isn't that what we... We just mentioned about Thomas. What did Thomas say? My Lord and my God. You see, we worship him. We honor him. We give him glory. But, but lastly here, this faith has an effect. And what does he say that it's here? He says, by believing, you may have life. You may have life in his name. You may have life, true and honest life. The, the NIVSB uh, study Bible defines it an infinitely higher quality of life in living fellowship with God, both now and forever. You see, our faith, our faith uh, brings about a change within us. It actually brings us life inside. What was it like before that? The truth is, before life, we're dead. We're dead in sin. Paul said we are dead in sin, and apart from the life of Jesus Christ in us, we, we are dead. We have no life in us. Earlier in chapter 3, it says this, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. We, we are under the, the, the judgment of sin which is death. We are in death. We are dead apart from the life. So where do we get this life? We get it by trusting and believing in Jesus. John chapter 5 says, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life 
and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. We cross over. These are written that you would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life. You cross over from death to life. That's a miracle. That's something you and I can rejoice about and think about. You know, count your blessing. Well, you know, maybe, you know, I lost my job and I'm about to lose my house and my car broke down and, and you know, my body is sick, but I crossed over from death to life. I am going to heaven. What's the greatest healing that you and I could ever have in these bodies of ours? It's to be go to heaven and, and be completely and totally healed forever and ever. Crossed over from death to life. One more scripture before we celebrate communion together. John, who wrote the Gospel of John, also the Epistle of John, he said, this is the testimony, this is the record that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. John talked about these things over and over. He made a point of it, this idea of faith, this idea of Jesus being the Son of God and that life comes, eternal life through Jesus Christ. In his name, there's no other name, no other way to have that life. There's no other way, there's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. So, why are we here? Well, it was the night before Christmas and all through the house. No, we're here for Jesus. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. And, and you know what? Not just here, but when you go home and when you're struggling through something, you know what? Open the book, please. Find a passage. Open to the Psalms. I love this. One of the reasons I love the Psalms so much because David and the other Psalm writers, they just, they didn't hold anything back. They just were like, hey, I, you know, I hate that person right now. Or I am doing so bad, I am so low, so depressed, so down. Or other passages when they said, you know what, praise the Almighty God. It's all there. These are written so that you would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and by believing, you may have life in His name. Let's pray and we're going to celebrate communion, but let, let's pray right now just about our own life, our own uh, relationship with Jesus. And, 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 and I hope and pray that you do have one, but, but that you also know that, that life, he's given you life now. It's abundant life. It's real life. Hear people say, you know, how's it going? Oh, I'm, I'm living the life. Living the dream. What is the dream? It's to follow Jesus and to go and be with him forever and ever. That's, that's what true life is. Eternal life, abundant life here and then forever and ever. Let's pray together, shall we? Our dear Lord and, and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your Son, your Son, 
that he would die, that he would give his life so that we could have life. We don't need to save ourselves because we have a Savior and it's, it's the Savior Jesus, the Son, your Son, Father, that you sent here for us. Oh, we can get fancy and think about a lot of different things, but, but Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life, and, and no one comes to the Father but through you. You are the only way, the only Savior, the only Christ, the only path that leads truly to heaven. We come together today, we come together just to, to re be reminded and be strengthened in our faith, maybe to be reminded of all the things that you've already done in our lives and those blessings, those miracles. It's a miracle we hate. We're, we're, seated, we're seating in, uh, here in this building. It's a miracle that we have this place, a miracle that we have air conditioning. It's a miracle that we can look one another in the eye today. It's a miracle that we have the Word of God printed. Men and women gave their lives that we could have this book in front of us. We look to you. We trust you. We need you, Lord. We need you desperately. Father, I pray for any here today maybe that are struggling, that are having a hard time, they would look to you, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Look to him, look to Jesus. He'll get you through. He will. He promised to. I pray for any here that don't have a relationship. Maybe that's you. And maybe these words have stirred something within your heart that you, you, need, you know you need to just let go and, and, and just stop being stubborn of heart and give your heart to Jesus and, and let him have it. Let him into your heart. And you will receive eternal life, true life real life. You can pray with me right now and say, Jesus, I, I surrender my life to you. I give you all my heart. Forgive me and wash me and cleanse me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.